Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. In this episode today we have with us Savita Lakshmi Narayan, Associate Vice President at Accenture India. Hi Savita, thank you for coming and joining us today. How are you? I'm good and it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's pleasure having you here Savita. So uh, Savita, just to set some context about you and what you do, can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and your career journey till now? Sure. So I started off my career in IT as most of us do. After I finished my engineering, I uh, was a software developer for about a year and then I quit to do my MBA. Um after my MBA, I joined in consulting. I was a people consultant, um HR consultant for about 8 years or so uh, before I sort of shifted gears a little, I wanted to do something different and hence I joined corporate HR. Um I did that for about 2 years and now I have uh, moved into a center of excellence. Uh, um kind of a role uh, so it's been about uh, 11 odd years of um, you know trying different different um, focus areas within the field of hr now uh, definitely you have explored a lot of things in your career and of course from there there's a plethora of learning you have gained in your career so far so you as a talent strategy worked as a talent strategy domain and of course that plays a critical role in developing policies and programs and sometimes it's really challenging you know to attract develop and retain employees but i think nowadays every company is focusing on creating a diverse and inclusive workplace that requires a long term international efforts so according to you like what are some effective ways to foster a diverse and inclusive workplace that attracts a attracts and retain a highly engaged workforce what yeah. do you so um, both of them are different and interconnected so um having a um diverse workforce um definitely adds on to having an engaged workforce but you know they are not tightly coupled um so they are definitely two distinct problems and we will we will get to that um but you know i i remember during my internship days when i just started off my career one of the first projects that was given to me was establishing a business case for gender diversity in the tech industry um so clearly we have come a long way since now wherein we are now talking about how to create an ind um a, you know centric environment rather than why uh, but uh, we still have a long way to go um now many progressive organizations have a much broader definition of int than than be, that goes just beyond gender as well um but there are implementation challenges that still persist even then um now as per me the approach is two prompt uh, one is hard policies uh, complemented by soft nudges um now hard policies are having things like recruitment targets uh, set up at each level you need to have 50% in uh, you know women participation at different levels um having setting up uh, leadership programs so that your high potentials who part who are part of um, you know diverse pool talent pool um can be uh, uh, you know developed and elevating them into prominent leadership positions to create role models and success stories which would have sort of like a virtuous uh, effect there is also outlining of discriminatory policies anti discriminatory policies harassment policies and trainings etc so these are the policies aspect and most organizations do really well in setting this up uh, but where they really struggle are those soft nudges that really end up driving you know the ind agenda home 
first such nudge would be making inclusion part of the company values itself um and to also redefine it to foster not just diversity uh, which is sort of visual but also diversity of thought background um along with gender orientation and other kind of aspects as well um this would help broaden its applicability its appeal and people can start talking about it in that in in a more holistic manner um so uh, you know such that and once and if this is part of the company value itself then when one sees ind principles are not adhered to then it becomes a contravention of the com- company value itself um and you know people start looking at beyond a- an initiative which is driven by hr or a diversity lead within the organization the second nudge would be to transform how we are defining ideal profiles or success profiles um in an organization um a lot of times companies complain that we miss ind targets because the external talent pool does not support it uh, there aren't enough options and there is some truth to it however there is a lot we can do to mitigate it um can we have um, you know gender agnostic ideal profiles um you know traits like analytical thinking that generally is present in most job descriptions can we replace it by something like insight generation um because analytical thinking is a traditional male attribute for you know for good or bad people think that men are better in analytical thinking and yeah. women aren't so when you see a um a, a competency like that the interviewer has has subconsciously conjured a biased candidate profile in their mind and that impacts the manner in which the pool is created for subsequent interviews um the same job profile can be used for internal progressions as well and if, because of which you can render all your special development programs unnecessary because the existing system that profiles as per these new job descriptions will be equipped to recognize the best candidate by itself Um because what happens is people tend to view these special development programs as unmeritocratic mm. uh, because you know in the competitive world success is a zero sum game and therefore what hap- people or brilliant leaders who emerge out of these development programs are unfairly burdened with the responsibility of gaining acceptance and um you know people realizing their competence from the larger group um having them come up through your regular systems by having more gender agnostic and neutral profiles can help change it because it they would seem like this is a meritocratic truly meritocratic elevation yeah the last nudge is education um uh, you know a study recently conducted identified that 20% of workforce employees are responsible for 80% of the discrimination in an organization so uh, the good news about this is that the problem is not systemic but the bad news is that 80% do not feel empowered to stop these things from happening because they think that the company kind of tolerates it so i don't need to do anything about it mm-hmm. um and also see most of the time discriminatory behavior is not overtly hostile they are generally yeah. microaggressions sexist jokes snide remarks and they become very tricky to nail down it is not said out of a lot of menace because in group cohesion is an evolutionary trait that is like embedded really strongly um hence people hence it is important for people to be made aware of these tendencies um in a small group um and talk about how it impacts company culture they have to be leader led sessions with role plays outside of like a classroom environment more like real life to really come come into life there are many systemic changes like you mentioned at a society level has that has to happen to really address this but these would be a good place to start for any company yeah definitely i think great points brought up by you savita and definitely by foc- as you highlighted like by focusing on career development and employee engagement organization can create create a culture of diversity and inclusion that benefits everyone so yeah. you worked as a manager consultant 
And now as a vice president, of course, you must have the opportunity to connect with great talent, high performance teams and grow strong leaders during your career. So what challenges have you faced while managing the team? How do you ensure that the team is working together effectively? Yeah. Um, so I'm not a vice president yet. So yeah, but correction. associate vice yeah. president. It's fine. Yeah, correction there. See, like um, most things related to people, there is no single fix, and uh, there is no one way wherein people collaborate well. Because you know, um, a team uh, individuals within the team have different motivations. They have skills, skill set, different tendencies. They collaborate because of different different motivation. Some could be a positive business outcome that is very visual. Uh, you know, if a project is meaty and there is high visibility in terms of leadership visibility, then high performance in the team is very easy to foster. Sometimes people come together because they have a shared work ethic or a social cause that they have that have brought them together. So the combination is endless. Um, the biggest challenges comes when there is no obvious common cause. And then how do you sort of develop a team that works together well in such a scenario? Um, there are some actions that, you know, most organizations do when it, there is a lot of interdependency, like having common KPIs focusing on the how of uh, the KPI achievement, you know, to drive uh, cohesion. But before that, before you see really progress on those, there are certain basics that need to be in place. Um, first is to ensure that there is good talent density in the team. That is to say that, you know, you have a good complementary mix of skills within a particular team. That is a science in itself, of course. But, um, you know, broadly, we should acknowledge that there would be some high performance in any team. There would be others who are skilled at other areas, in other areas. Yeah. And the trick is, trick lies in understanding how to best utilize those individuals and those and the skills that they bring into the table. Um, and this could be done by providing them guidance, feedback, um, and other tools that needs to bring them to that particular level without creating a hostile work environment. Because, you know, performance is infectious. When they see people getting rewarded for their success stories, which are meritocratic, people want to pull their weight. Nobody wants to be an underperformer in a in a visible group. Um, next is having an open, um, you know, transparent culture of information sharing in a, in a, in a team. Uh, where, where even if it comes to performance feedback, Back, talking about achievement, appreciation, all of that. Team management generally tries to control information um, and with good intentions, of course, because they don't want to stir trouble in their team. And this end, but this, of course, ends up becoming counterproductive uh, because if you want to create a psychologically safe environment, you need to be open in sharing good and bad information, especially business critical information, so that people understand the their job contribution better. This helps create ownership because they now have a broader view of how their work is impacting other dependencies. And with that visibility in place, they would be more prone to collaboration because they know that their own work does not have any impact if the other person does not get anything out of it because it's a value chain uh, that organizations operate in. So openness by creating a culture of sharing instant performance feedback will, uh, you know, and starting from the manager themselves when they talk about um, asking feedback from their team in an open forum without consequences. This would also help in creating talent density, which was, you know, first one of the first things that you want to do. Um, so, you know, in good times and bad, especially in bad, having honest communication is key. If you have an insecure environment, uh, when there is, uh, if there is a lot of toxicity in terms of job security, then people end up mistrusting each other 
together um, and they would not collaborate well. Otherwise, they would, but in this case, they wouldn't uh, because uh, they start gaining, uh, seeing that other person's professional gain is my personal loss mm-hmm. and therefore they don't come together. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really brings all of this together, to be honest, is effective people management. You mm-hmm. really need peep, strong people managers and it's a, and as per me, generally what happens is when we talk about technical skills, people think about business acumen, strategic thinking, etc. Mm-hmm. I think people leadership is a extremely niche and technical skill, which is as, as specialized as blockchain coding or your, you know, derivative training, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, because you should be, and therefore you should be extremely mindful about which technically top performing individuals you are promoting to people leadership roles, because both are mutually exclusive competencies. Mm-hmm. Um, best people managers, they focus on getting the culture right, the talent aspect right. Um, so, you know, um, if you see that uh, a manager is struggling in that particular area, you either help or you revisit the idea of having them within the organization, occupying that role and maybe move them into a technical architect or a, a specialized um, uh, management role rather than putting them in charge of a team yeah i think great that makes a lot of sense and uh, yeah so as you mentioned that about technologies and we see that technologies are coming into play so uh, what is your message or advice to the younger generation that just starting the career because because as we see technologies coming into play and the hr landscape is expecting to undergo significant changes in the next 5 year so yeah. how do you foresee the hr landscape shaping up in the next 5 years and like in that, that context what advice do you have for our uh, listeners Sure. Um, so uh, what has been a big game changer is the pandemic, to be yeah. honest. And I'm sure, you know, people, everybody, a lot of people might have already understand that underwent it themselves. Um, the pandemic has significantly changed the talent landscape. It has humanized the workforce um, for organizations, you know, who were not really looking at their people as people and more like resources. And organizations who hadn't already earlier have now woken up to the fact that their people are humans with mental needs um, and they deal with many challenges outside of the workforce which impacts their productivity during office hours. So a big focus for HR uh, would be employee well-being, uh, providing a flexible, uh, nourishing environment for their employees to thrive in. Um, This would include having a total rewards framework, which has a range of benefits, which is curated for the specific lifestyle of this multi-generational employee base that we have in in any given organization now. And also institutionalizing a hybrid working model, uh, which um, enables that kind of flexibility that people crave. Um, Ensuring that employees feel continue to feel connected to the company despite this hybrid working model is another uh, big focus in this particular landscape wherein um, you know employee well-being um, and all the initiatives that you do under it but also sort of complement your efforts in in ensuring engagement uh, for this hybrid workforce so it's a it's a framework that will have multiple effects of retention engagement um, and getting productivity another way that has that the job market has been transformed is the way in which specializations have become extremely crucial now uh, Mm -hmm. because of AI and bots and the use cases that we have now about how they can disrupt the knowledge industry. uh, Building expertise has now become extremely critical. Um, You know, we are in a skill-based economy and the more depth that you achieve in a particular area, the more options you have in the job market. So when you and when your workforce is also specialized and they do certain specific things, your operating model also gets modular. You know, you sort of 
cut things up into pieces and you assign uh, projects and modules accordingly and for that to happen efficiently for you to know whom to assign what and when and how uh, you need to deploy high quality data so which which has a good understanding of which employee has what skill at what proficiency level their availability their working preferences compensation data motivating factors you know everything that comes together in a gig economy and hence you need to and also this information will also help you understand how to keep them engaged as well so hr analytics uh, which so far has been probably the specialization of one or two individuals in an organization maybe one team does that analytics or maybe there is a team that does analytics in general and hr analytics is just one small part of it will cease to be so all of us have to realize that hr analytics is, is bread and butter for any hr professional and it's an integral skill that everybody needs to have just like uh, you know your excel or ppt skill that is now that so uh, yeah so my two cents for you know people starting their careers yeah. would be to think early about what would be that niche for you uh, okay. that would really help stand out um generally the uh, any organization uh, you the advice generally given to people is to keep an open mind try different things and then start thinking about specialization i think we need to turn that around and ask employees to start getting a feeler of what would be that depth really early on and of course also develop fluency in analytics and coding at the get go uh, because they will be become sort of go to skills in the future definitely as you highlighted that of course hr landscape is expecting to become more data driven and uh, focused on employee experience and oriented towards creating a more diverse and inclusive workplace culture so of course the rise of new technologies and the gig economy are likely to further accelerate this trends so i think great points were brought up by you savita and i'm sure there's a lot of take away from the content you have shared today thank you so uh, much thank you for sharing this so this brings us to the end of our conversation uh, but before we leave can you tell our listeners where they can reach out to you sure absolutely so i'm available on linkedin um, so okay. um, you know you can reach out to me through messages over there and you know happy to connect Definitely thank you so much Savita it was lovely hosting you today yeah thank you likewise